Happy New Year, Sarah. Happy New Year, Jen. You were in California. I was. I saw the sun for many days in a row. That was magnificent for you. Yeah. And we left before it got super crazy cold here. And then we left California before it started torrential rain there. So Listen, we really threaded a weather needle twice. Really doing the job. Right. <laughs> I was in New York. I had two sets of family three days apart from each other. And let me tell everybody out there listening, <laughs> if you tune into this podcast for hostess tips, <laughs> oh, you're going to get real lucky right now. <laughs> you should not have two sets of family three days apart. This is the problem with buying a new house. The first set of holidays after that, you just have to do it. You do. And, and it's stressful and it is expensive because you buy a lot of food. Yeah. And you basically cook Christmas dinner twice in our case. Plus, it was my mom's birthday on New Year's Eve, so she was here for that. So, you know. You didn't and just plug her into the Omegaverse episode and let her, <laughs> let her go? That would have been amazing. Oh, my God. Here's some meat for you, Mom. <laughs> Jennifer! Sorry, inappropriate. Uh, yeah, so we had, but we had New Year's Eve in our new house, our new neighborhood, and there were a lot of, we have neighbors who are into fireworks, which That's fun. is weird in New York City, but sure. fun to see over the roof lines. And yeah, it was fine. It was fine. I think I'll probably feel better about it with some distance. Yeah, of course. I just packed the whole crew up and took a nap. Yeah. And then took a three-hour nap and then woke up and was like, let's talk about romance novels. I haven't done that in, like, two weeks. It's the worst. I know. I have, like, I have pent-up things to say. Literally no one wants to talk to me about romance novels. <laughs> All do, those Sarah. people in my house, and not one of them wanted to talk about what I wanted to talk about. It's terrible. 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 Listen, welcome, everyone, to Faded Mates. It's 2023. I remain Sarah McLean. A romance reader and a romance writer. And I'm Jennifer Prokop, a romance reader and editor. And we are here this week with a very fun, very topical trope, which is snowed in. Now, we have done forced proximity before, back in season two with Christina and Lauren, but it was broadly, broadly forced proximity. You know, you could be like trapped in an elevator together. This time, we really restricted ourselves to snowed in only. But I do want to say, I feel like we should talk about Buffalo, maybe, for a minute, before. Well, I want to talk about snowed in in general. Yeah. As a person who grew up in New England, you live in Chicago. You I grew, grew up, up in, in Ohio. Ohio. Like, here's the thing. Snowed in, it's not sexy, the blizzard thing. No. The blizzard thing is very messy. Yeah. In general. And people do, it is very dangerous. It gets extremely cold. If you, I mean, like, there are some really, really bad things that can happen in a blizzard, just like there are really bad things that can happen in a hurricane or in an earthquake, like every, or in a tornado. Every part of the country in the United States, every part of the world has a natural disaster that is a real problem for them. Here's the problem, though. In theory, blizzards feel like. A lot of fluffy white stuff falls from the sky, <laughs> and everybody cuddles up under a blanket with their in sweeties, front of a fireplace, and they just, you know, make a pot of soup and bake a brownie and like live their best life. And the sure. truth is that it can also be that. So if you're having a little PTSD from this current weather event which shut down, you know, entire cities and all of Southwest Airlines. Yeah, sent FEMA into, like, multiple states. Yeah. Then maybe you want to save this one for, like, July. To be fair, we did pick this theme before Buffalo. Before, yeah. Right. So, anyway, everybody, one of the things I will put in show notes is if you are inspired and have been looking for places to donate or help in Buffalo, I will put something links in show notes. This can be something right. Like the ongoing impact on Buffalo is going to be really long-term, not just for kind of cleaning out the city. I mean, that's the thing about a blizzard like, Oh yeah, you're inside and it's warm and cozy. But when we had that big blizzard in Chicago, I think it was in 2009, the one where all those people got trapped on Lakeshore drive, like the shoveling out, 
is so intense. Well, the city too, right? Like the think about so something that I I really hadn't thought very much about until a few years ago when we had a blizzard here in New York was, you know, when they plow the road in a in a small town in the middle of nowhere, they just plow the road and it goes on the side of the road and that's that. They can't do that in cities. Like in cities when they plow the road, they have to plow the the snow into something. And so often they plow them, you know, like into a park or into the river in our case. But also, but first of all, that's real bad for the environment to just plow a bunch of snow into the river. Sure. But also um, they they can plow them into like very big piles of snow and then like kids get lost in them. Like they climb the pile of snow and fall through and then it's like a whole thing. So don't climb piles of snow. Don't let your kids climb piles. So there's always some dummy college student who grew up in Florida and is like, I survived hurricanes, so I can totally do this silly blizzard thing. When I was in first grade, I broke my arm playing on a pile of snow. Listen, it strikes me that you break your arm doing a lot of stuff. Yeah, it would like drag me to hell and back, but it's true. <laughs> it's true. When I was little, it was piles of snow. When I'm Aww. a middle-aged woman, it's falling off my shoes. Did you just like tumble into the road or something? No, we were playing at recess, and we were, I think, like, going up onto this big pile of snow. No, we probably weren't supposed to, and, like, sliding down, and I think I fell off of it. Well, don't do that either, everyone. I fell off a slide when I was two and also broke my arm. I mean, it's like a, th- a threefer. I've broken arms three times in my life. It's kind of wild. Is it always the same arm? No, it was my left arm when I was two and my right arm when I was in first grade, because I remember, like, you couldn't really write, and I couldn't mm. really use scissors. <laughs> I have a very vivid, the only really vivid memory. I'm sorry. It's like off topic. I guess it's not. Everybody's fascinated by you and your arms. (laughs) When I was in first grade, the only really vivid memory I have of first grade is like after breaking my arm, it was, it must have been around this time of year because it was coming up on Valentine's Day Mm -hmm. and we were cutting out hearts with scissors and I was trying to cut out mine with my left hand and my it was, of course, all fucked That's up, hard, right? hard, yeah. It's hard. And Sister Patricia Rose cut mine oh. out, and then it was the best because an adult did it. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, that worked out for me. And look, you broke your arm when your kid was moving into college, and I worked out for you. Exactly. Lots of people come to your rescue when you it break It is kind of like a long it's – a, it's a really, like, big move to get someone to help. <laughs> yeah. But it does work, everyone. You were there. I'm already Xing out my entire life the years you move your daughter into college, just in case. I'll be like, I, I have to be available. <laughs> anyway, so snow, yeah, blizzards are hard, uh, but they are in general, I think probably if you had to choose a natural disaster, that's the one I would pick. Sure, as long as you're inside. Yeah. You know, somewhere warm and cozy. As long as you have someone to smash with. <laughs> exactly. Which is where Jen and I come in this week. <laughs> you're- Here we go. The siren call. (laughs) So, Sarah, one of the things I would like to know, actually, is I'm always really, like, I like to talk about our process. Like, how did you find the books that you're going to talk about today? Because I did something I think is funny. So I tried really hard not – I mean, I I tried and I failed, I should say. But I really went into this wanting to choose books that were not holiday romances. Yeah, it's hard. I – it is ran into incredibly the difficult. I resolved, and then I was like, surely all my favorite authors have written a Snowden romance, right? Right. Yeah, most of them have, but they're all holiday novellas, including, I know, I'm dragging myself here, me. <laughs> the only yeah. book I've ever written where characters are Snowden is a holiday romance. And I have a theory about this, which is not the holiday piece, but the... That often they're novellas. In fact, I think most of mine are novellas. And I think that that's because forced proximity lets us sort of immediately elide all of the lead up to a relationship. Yeah, I think so. I think that's true. I also found the same thing. My big thing was that I, listen, everybody, I know maybe I'm putting too much pressure on myself, but I feel like... I'm always trying to come up with, like, new books, right? Like, so it's been good for me to, like, because I was like, okay, I'm going to see what I have in my Kindle library. And I did that by searching the word snowbound (laughs) and snow. I was like, what do I have? 
And then I was kind of like, okay, I don't necessarily want to talk about books that like we've already recommended. So I also did some targeted reading, which was pretty fun because I read mm-hmm. some things that were new to me by new authors. And I yep. also think that that's really nice. So I uh, did read some new things by new authors. And I also was a little bit more um, interested in, like, broad character stuff. Like, I was like, oh, I wonder if there's one that's, like, soft. I wonder if I can find one that's, like, generally softer than, you know, two people who hate each other trapped in a... Right. Because my favorite kind of Snowden is two people who hate each other trapped in a place. Yeah. And forced to bang it out in order to like each other again or ever. Yeah, I have one of those, but I did I found some different ones and then here's the other good news. The one that I'm going to talk about that is a holiday one is Hanukkah instead of Christmas. Hey, that's really nice. I thought so too. So, where do you want to start? I want to start with anthologies because I have something to talk about with anthologies. Okay, go. So there are many, many anthologies that use this as a jumping off point. And one of the things that I think is that, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but generally anthologies, anthologies can come in all different forms, right? Yeah. But um, in in many cases, an anthology comes to, together with a group of authors who want to do a project together, especially now in the age of indie publishing, it makes it much easier. They want to do a project together, and so they decide that what they are going to do is, like, come up with a general theme, and everybody's going to write to that theme. I found two anthologies that I want to talk about, one of which still you can get, and it's, I want to talk about, you know, a sort of, there's, like, an interesting thing going on in that one, and I'll talk about it in a little bit. The other one that I have talked about before, because I think it's so, it's just so fun and good, and we talked about it probably in a holiday novella episode, But the Reindeer Games Anthology, which came out um, in 2018 uh, and featured stories by Adriana Anders and Ainsley Booth and Andy Christopher, Eve Dangerfield, Helen K. Diamond, Tracy Rivesey, Tamara Lush, and Kelly Mayer. It was like a superstar. I remember. Oh, yeah. And Charlotte Stein. Sorry. (laughs) I mean, leaving... (laughs) How could how could I leave Charlotte out? The queen of forced proximity. Sarah. I mean, an absolute banger of a list of authors, right? And then it came down. Yep. And now, if you didn't buy that anthology when you, it came out a million years ago, you have no access to many of these books. And I got an email during the holidays from somebody who had listened to a holiday romance episode of ours where I had talked about this anthology and was like, I'm so upset because I can't figure out why authors would do this. And so I want to take a moment and explain to everybody what the situation is here. Yeah. This is independently published. So one of these authors or, you know, two or three of these authors were like, we want to do this. Let's get a group together to do this. And I'm, I don't know that this is for sure, but I'm positing that this is the way it went. Yeah. All these authors, you know, decide, yes, they're going to write. They'd love to be a part of the anthology with everybody else. They all write their, they decide, okay, it's snowed in. That's the theme. They all decide they're going to write their stories. They write their stories. The book comes out. We all buy it. We download it. We read it. We love it. We all have it on our Kindles. I have it on my Kindle. I'm perfectly happy. The world turns And then they have decided as authors, like, okay, well, it's kind of annoying to have to, like, you know, three years later when we only sell, however, let's say they sell 500 copies of this every year, um, splitting the money, you know, nine ways. It's just a lot of mess. Right. Right? This is not a a publisher, a traditional publisher that with, like, it's a setup. This is probably one author who's handling all of the finances on this. So they decide, like, it's going to be up for six months, it's going to be up for a year, and then it goes back, the stories go back to the original authors, and the original authors have to then take the time, invest the money, find a cover, figure out how they're going to self-publish their unique story and how they're going to do it. Are they going to put it in KU? Are they going to charge money for it? How much money are they going to charge for it? Do they want to add to it? Adriana Anders is very famous for taking her stories back and then, like, building them out and writing, like, mm-hmm. 15,000 more words and then putting them up again. Um, there are all different people. All different people do all different kinds of things with these stories. Um, 
The thing is, many, many of these authors don't have the time or don't have the, like, bandwidth to put their stories back up. And so those books, sadly, those stories get lost. And there are some of my very favorites from this anthology you can't get anymore unless maybe if you emailed the author (laughs) today and you were like, hey, Tracy Livesey, Sarah McLean really loves your Snowden story from this this anthology, which I do. Um, It's like all I want for Christmas is a billionaire or something, I think is the (laughs) title. Um, You know, I have heard that there are a number of authors who, like, if you email them, they'll be like, yeah, I'll send sure. it to you. Here you it's go. not a right. big deal, right? Um, please don't all go email to Tracy, though. <laughs> she's going to be like, Sarah, what are you doing? Maybe if enough people email Tracy, she'll pop it up onto Amazon, however yeah, that works. Into KU, right. Yeah. So anyway, but that's – so my story my, – my lesson or my sort of request for everybody is um, if you have a kind of – a little small – story in one of these anthologies, do what you can to put it up because I really miss, like, I, well, one, I hate whenever a great, a great book goes out of print, right? And that's essentially what's happened. These have all gone out of print. In the world of television, Mm. streaming services are just like stripping their, you know, shows for parts, right? And just like shows are disappearing and, you know, people are really having these like big conversations about like how are we, like the digital digital age. Yes. Like how do you Mm -hmm. keep things? And this is like a huge fear of mine too. I know this makes me sound like I live in a tinfoil hat, but like I make a point when it's clear to me that a book is like a favorite and I read and reread it of like acquiring a paper copy because I'm just so afraid that they will just like disappear one day. And so it really is a question, right? And I I think all the time about like Goodreads is in some ways going to be like this repository of, like, what was in print. But the problem is, is if you don't remember the title or the author, you know what I mean? Like, it just seems like this really kind of overwhelming and daunting thing. Like, we're producing more and more. But what we haven't figured out is a way to keep it all. Right. Well, think about podcasts, right? Like, we've been doing this for four and a half years or four years and a little bit. And we're very lucky because the Brown Pop Culture Library at Bowling Green University catalogs, you know, our episodes. So somewhere somebody, you know, 20 years from now cares about our Omegaverse (laughs) and they will, um, they can go and find them. But so much content is out here in podcasts that probably isn't getting cataloged. So I think this is really something that we're, you know, we're all struggling with out there on these mean internet streets, kind of searching back through and, like, thinking, like, where did I read that? Where is it from? Can I still find it? It's, like, a huge deal. This week's episode of Faded Mates is sponsored by Tibby Armstrong and Bianca Summerland, authors of Flawed Justice, book one in the Asylum Fight Club series. Ooh, Fight Club. I know. Doesn't this sound amazing? So in this one, we have Matt Kincaid. If there was an emergency number for adulthood, he would have dialed it months ago. Talk about why this is That's funny. I know. Like, I love the way this sounds. So he has been raising his kid brother all alone. All alone. But, you know, his brother is like a young, dumb teenager who gets himself in trouble with a local gang. And so Matt essentially tries to, like, get him out of a jam. And the deal is, is essentially, like, it is literally Fight Club. And he is going to have to fight in this real long shot match. He probably has no chance of winning. With a man who is as brutally handsome as he is tough. That is what Lawson, the law, Gomond, will do. Um, and he is going to protect his club. They, He and his former lovers have built this. It is like a sanctuary for, like, queer kids on the streets. And, you know, and so he's kind of like, well, who is this local hothead and his dumb brother? But you know what? These two are going to fall in love, and it's going to be awesome. And I really think that um, their, you know, 
uh, one of the things about this book that sounds really appealing too is they have to really like confront their pasts in order to like kind of move forward into the future. And so love is going to save the day, even despite this like rough neighbor, rough and tumble neighborhood that they're in. I love it. I love it. Well, you can read Flawed Justice, book one in the Asylum Fight Club series right now uh, in print, in ebook, or in audio. And for a special treat for Fate of Mates listeners, at the end of this episode, you can listen to a sneak peek of Flawed Justice. Thanks to Bianca Summerland and Tibby Armstrong for sponsoring the episode. Okay, so... um. One of my favorite stories from that anthology is by Adriana Anders, who did take it back and blow it out. And now it's a larger, it's not, it's not a full-length novel, but it's a more robust novella. It's called Saved by the Mountain Man. Have you read this one, Jen? I think so. Nobody does a kind of like isolated, silent hero like Adriana does. I mean, they're always just... God bless. I mean... Wow. They could easily be serial killers, but instead they're all just great in bed. You know, like good guys, great in bed. Um, So she creates, so there's, um, Micah is the hero. He's a scarred um, vet, not a veterinarian, a, a, a veteran. Yes. Thank you. A combat veteran who has like isolated himself up on a mountain um, and he wants nothing to do with really anyone in the whole world, uh, except there is a heroine, Krista, who has a terrible car accident on the side of this mountain. Um, the car like slides off the edge of the icy road and she's like potentially, she's like, it is a matter of life and death. He has to pull her from the car before it like falls down the side of this mountain. And there she is. Uh, in his arms on the side, on the snowy side of the road, and there's nothing to be done, Jen. He has to bring her into his... Of course he does. His perfect, little mountain lair. Yeah, his perfect lair, right? I mean, the other thing about these these men fortress is they of always, solitude. Their houses are always just spotless. Like, everything is, like, perfectly clean, and they've never left a dish in the sink. It's amazing. It's like, it is a It real, all smells like wood. Adriana knows the job. Yeah, they're definitely using... They haven't seen people for 14 years, but they still oil their beards, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so she... And and Krista is like, it's grumpy. If you like grumpy sunshine, like this is grumpy sunshine distilled into a Snowden romance. She is kind and good and bright and lovely. And um, they are stuck together and they just bang it out in a perfect way. And Adriana is the best, and you can't go wrong with Saved by the Mountain Man, is what I'm saying. Well, and we've talked about my love for White Out, right? Which is when they're like stuck in Antarctica, which is snowed out, snowed out, right? So yeah, I mean, this is a woman who really knows has has like a whole buffet of snowed in romances for you to sample, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, okay, so. Sarah, what I was saying, this is funny, is so my first move was to literally go to my content and devices and look for snow or then snowbound. Perfect. And I actually found, this is funny, I didn't reread the whole thing because it actually upset me, but I'm going to tell everybody anyway. One of the books I had in my content and devices was called Snowbound by Janice K. Johnson. It was an old Harlequin super romance. And I got it. Was there an exclamation point in the title? Uh, no, sadly. I bought it in 2009, which means Mm -hmm. that this was, like, the summer I first bought a Kindle, right? And I looked back, and I was like, oh, it was for free. I don't even know. Like, I must have been experimenting with, like, what to buy. And I will tell you, I started rereading it and had to stop because I actually was really upset. The heroine is a teacher who is driving a van full of her high school students back to Portland, and they're going over this snowy mountain pass. And she basically, like, almost, like, crashes the van a bunch of times, and she has these kids in the car, and then they finally get to this, like, mountain retreat run by, of course, a grizzled vet who just doesn't want to be with people. Again, vet, vet, you know, veteran and not veterinarian. It's almost never a veterinarian. Yeah, and I was literally like, I can't read this. Like, what is this woman doing out with these children? <laughs> with these children. But 
it was right there in my content and devices. So I was like, all right, there you go. Um, but I did read this. Is, I'll start with the Hanukkah romance, right? This one just came out in November. It is a Harlequin Presents. Because the other thing I did was I was like, I'm just going to Google, go to Amazon, go to the Kindle store and put in Snowbound and see what shows up. Snowbound mm-hmm. in Her Boss's Bed by Marcella Bell. And I was like, that sounds nice. That sounds like a book I would like to read. And in fact, <laughs> and in fact, and in it, fact was. it was. Because it's a Harlequin Presents because you know exactly what you're going to get. That's right? so funny. It was amazing. I actually even went to Marcella's TikTok afterwards because I was, like, really curious about, like, because what's interesting is, okay, so in this book, let me tell you the plot. Miriam Howard is our heroine, and she is a black woman. She's Jewish. Um, She lives in Los Angeles and works for this Jewish community foundation. And she has been tasked with essentially this impossible task, which is there's been a big brouhaha in the Jew, in like the, um, the JCF's, like the previous, Mm -hmm. like CE, not CEO, because it's like a nonprofit, but like whatever, the previous director and someone else had like an affair and everybody found out about it. And so they're going to have to cancel their big gala. And she comes along, and she's, like, pretty young, and she's like, I know it's only two months, but I can do it. Like, let me put on the gala, and I will show you that, like, we don't have to, you know, like, kind of let this really important part of our fundraising calendar, like, lag, right? Mm -hmm. So the deal is, is that the, like, the chairman of the board is this billionaire, of course, Benjamin Silver, and she has to, he's like, I have two hours for you. You have to fly you to Aspen. That's where I work. And there we will have, I will give you two hours of my time, and we will, like, hammer out the details and decide whether or not this thing can go forward. Uh-huh. Now, this is where I started to love it. Listen, Sarah. So Miriam gets there. Miri, I think, is in the book. Miri gets there. And she's basically like, this motherfucker is so rich. <laughs> right? Like, this place is insane. And... She is, like, determined not to be cowed by him, right? Because he's, like, this billionaire, and he basically really has the power over this event. So they're sitting in his office, and, like, two hours turns into three. It's actually a really productive meeting. And then he's like, oh, man, it's been three hours. Time to go. And his assistant comes in and is like, well, you know, Miss Howard will not be able to leave. There's a blizzard. And she's like, excuse me, why didn't you tell me? And uh huh. Listen to this. I loved it so much. I'm like trash. The assistants know to never interrupt him in his office in a meeting. They just don't. There's of course. Oh, literally. This is so good. I love it. Right? Mm-hmm. There is no reason ever to interrupt this man when he is in his office. And right. so they just don't. They're like, look, it's like his crazy, you know, bazillionaire Aspen mansion. We have, there's, like, it's such a, it's got a real pretty woman vibe. Um, there is a whole, like, closet for guests, just in case. Right. Just in case. With, like, beautiful cashmere clothes. I love it. This is, wait, this is, like, a thing. This is a thing in, like, a very particular kind of contemporary romance where, like, people just have clothes for their guests. I, listen, I was a fan. And she's, like, a bigger woman, but, like, the clothes fit, which was great. And then here's the part that was kind of magical. The day of the first meeting is the first night of Hanukkah. And he is a sad orphan billionaire. He actually was orphaned twice, once as a child, and then he was put up for adoption, and this other nice Jewish family adopted him. And the the foundation that he is the chairman of and that she works for, like, brokered the adoption to make sure that, like, Jewish orphans go to Jewish families. Uh-huh. And so this is why he is so committed to, like, making this like organization like right like this is why he supports the organization i don't know the whole book was really beautifully done like oh, i just nice. really was like it was kind of it had all the glitz and glam you expect of a harlequin presents but it was also just like super heartwarming she stands up for herself at the end you know she's like i'm not going to be your kept woman it was great oh i love it and they basically have eight nights of hanukkah fucking in front of a fireplace in Aspen. also great that's terrific. It was awesome. Highly recommended. I love it. Um, you made me think when you were talking at the beginning of that, though, about, because you were talking about that book about the teacher who's, like, got all oh, those yeah. kids during the blizzard. 
So one of the things we did not talk about about blizzards, and this is the thing that always shocks people who did not grow up with snow when they um, hear about blizzards and hear about people being, like, stuck in their cars for hours and hours, is how fast it snows. And so often it's a matter of, like, if you're not prepared, like, say, if schools are open, and then a blizzard starts during the day, often, like, it's an absolute, like, shit show in that town. When even, like, if they let kids out right away as soon as it starts. So um, this is 1,000% not a romance, but you were talking about this, (laughs) and I was like, oh, I got to talk about Trapped. Michael Northrup, who is a YA author, wrote a book in 2012, a thriller, and it's basically, like, a retelling of, I guess, one of those Agatha Christie novels, like, maybe And Then There Were None, like, where, like, it's a group of people trapped together and and there's a body, a glass onion style, you know. Amazing. Like, yes. I and love it. it's called Trapped. And these kids are in school. And it's a group of children, of, of teenagers in high school. And the blizzard, a blizzard begins and it snows for a week. Mm. And so no one can get to this school. And then bad stuff starts to happen. <laughs> anyway, it might not be for Jen because, you know. Sure, trapped in a school, bad stuff happening. But but it's the last seven kids at this high school who are still, like, waiting to get picked up. Oh, that sounds awesome, actually. And sure. then the power goes out and the heat goes out and bad things start to happen. Mm. A combo of, like, Agatha Christie plus uh, <laughs> Lord of the Flies plus... So the appeal of Snowden for me and the appeal for forced proximity in general is that, okay, these two people are have to be together. But in forced proximity, often that choice is intellectual, right? Like they think about like the unhoneymooners, right? Which is, I think, what Christina and Lauren came to talk about that, that um, or I don't know if it was that, whatever. It was it the honey-do list, yeah. Or honey-do list, right? So they're either forced to work together or forced to be on a vacation together, or like, you know, there's, and so at some point someone could say like, I I don't want to do this anymore, or whatever. The appeal of Snowden is you literally cannot leave. Right. There is no, well, I could just get my car and go. And so you're forced to have to confront each other. And I think that is the most compelling piece yeah. of this. And I always really like it when it's like a character makes a decision and then, oops, they the Snowden piece comes after. So um, I want to talk about Andy Christopher's All They Want for Christmas, which is um, a short novella. She actually just re-released it, I think, this year for uh, – it might have been last year, but it's been re-released. It's a – MMF, Swords Do Cross, everyone, because <laughs> I know that everybody likes us to just check in on that. The heroine of this book, um, again, it's a novella. The heroine of this book has been dumped. She thinks she's about to go home for Christmas with her fiancé, and she expects that he's going to propose to her, and it's like a whole thing. And in fact, he is not planning to do that at all. Instead, he is planning to dump her in front of her ex-boyfriend, who is literally the one that got away for her. Like, horrifying embarrassment of horrifying embarrassments, because not only is she dumped, she is, like, dumped in front of the person, the worst person in the world, the person the she wants to see this happen. Rain, um, romance reasons occur, and then it turns out that she sort of decides that she is going to go home with this guy, this ex-boyfriend, and who is bi, and his, like, friend with benefits, who are like, you know what, why don't we just, why don't you just bang it out with us, bang out your frustrations <laughs> with us. What she goes offer. home to his house, to his apartment, planning to just have, like, one night of, like, revenge sex against the ex-boyfriend, and during the night, a blizzard begins. And then she's trapped in there with two hot men. What else are you going to do, Sarah? It's really fun. It hits the spot, let me tell you. Yeah, those are those are fun. I like the ones that are just kind of rompy, right? As opposed to... Cause yeah. I, I mean, I think the thing 
is I do think what you were saying earlier about, like, tone, I think a lot of people do expect the, like, sort of clash of the titans kind of, you know what I mean? Like, the enemies to lovers type thing, just, like, in a steam cooker, whatever, a pressure cooker. But I think that there's, like, a lot of ways that you can sort of play with, like, the emotional beats of these stories, Mm -hmm. right? So let me talk about one that actually has a sort of a similar... um, beginning which is it's called get a clue by jill shelvis now oh jill Sh- talk about someone who knows the job listen sarah <laughs> there's a reason why jill shelvis is jill shelvis yeah now this is what's interesting is okay so i am sure i've read it before but i was rereading it and if you've never read jill shelvis before like when we say she knows the job it means you just like fall into the book right all of a sudden you're 75 pages in you are like i'm just gonna give it a, a shot and it's now I will also say though that this one is dated. Like I think it was originally published in 2005. And so, you know, there's references to like palm pilots and such. And so some of that stuff it does feel like a little dated in that way, but it also was like a really delightful to me. Um like so anyway, Brienne is the heroine. She is going on her honeymoon solo because she was left at the altar. Mhm. And the honeymoon is in some Colorado cabin somewhere, right? Yeah. Right? So she is just like, well, I'm going to go and, you know, it's on this jackass's money. So I'm just going to go and, like, you know, people are like, just get out of here and go on your honeymoon by yourself. And when she gets there, (laughs) there is a beautiful naked man in the shower. His name is Cooper Scott. Mm-hmm. And he has been booked into this place. They've essentially been accidentally double booked um, into this place. He's just recently quit his job as a cop and his brother was like, you just need to like chill out and relax. And um, their other thing though about this, get a clue is you can kind of tell is there's like this kind of mystery vibe it very much felt like I was reading, like, fanfic almost of that movie Clue, right? Like, so mm-hmm. there's four, there's these four, like, workers, right? Like, you're supposed to have, like, a private staff at this place. So there's, like, you know, the butler and the cook and the maid, and they're all, like, acting a little strange and a little funny. And then, you know, there's the Scottish guy who's the you know, the handyman or whatever. And then, like, the mysterious owner of the house is missing. And then they find a dead body. Yeah, now, sure. Right? Now, I will say, like, like many good romance mysteries, like, it's mostly romance, very little mystery. I, but I really was like, this is a fun read. Like, Brienne's just kind of like, this guy's a jerk. And but she's really drawn to him, and, you know, at one point she gets really scared because she sees, like, a face over her in the middle of the night, and she, like, runs into Cooper's room, who, of course, is sleeping naked, and she's in her skimpy wedding night lingerie, and I was like, you know what? This is great. So, yeah, it is dated for sure. Like, the Palm Pilot thing really set me. I was, like, cracking up. I don't know why. Well, it just made me I mean, laugh. Sure, you know. Right? Of course. But it was still really fun. And like I said, I am sure I've read it before. But I was like, well, I'm just going to, like, kind of do a little quick reread. And then I found myself just really, <laughs> like, kind of being charmed by it. So, Jill Shelvis, a pro. This week's episode of Faded Mates is sponsored by Kate Golden author of A Dawn of Onyx, the first in the Sacred Stone series. This is a YA slash new adult fantasy romance series, and it features Arwen Vallandale, who never expected to have to be the brave sibling, but ends up having to offer her life in trade to save her brother's life from a king of darkness. He probably does not deserve this. No, I'm sure he absolutely doesn't deserve it. And I hope she gets an Onyx King for the trade. And I think she just might, Jen. (laughs) Okay, so she has been taken prisoner and thrown, I don't know, into the prisoning place. (laughs) The prisoning place. Sure. It's, I don't write catalog copy, everyone, by the most dangerous kingdom on the continent, and she is being forced to use her rare magical abilities to heal the soldiers of the vicious Onyx King. 
and she knows better than to escape, but she has an opportunity to work with a fellow prisoner who might be her only path to freedom. Unfortunately, he is as infuriating as he is cunning, and he might not be all that he seems. You know what this book has, Sarah? It has found family, enemies to lovers, and our favorite, everybody, touch her and die. Sold. I don't know what else you need That's to know. all I need. You can follow Kate Golden author on Insta or on TikTok with underscores, Kate underscore golden author. And um, A Dawn of Onyx is available in print, in ebook, and in KU. So we hope that you check it out. And thanks to Kate for sponsoring this week's episode. We talk about Adriana Herrera all the time. But as you were talking about this, I was like, Oh, we got to make sure we talk about Just for the Holidays, which is um, a kind of like intending to be, uh, it's a a Harlequin, it's a category, Um, a super quick, super delicious read. The heroine finds herself snowed in at the Hamptons Beach House of... a Hollywood movie star, so everyone knows, like, I gobbled this up because... Of course you did. I love a celebrity romance. Um, they have a history, and then there's a fake dating through line on it, but yes. Anyway, I'm not... I'm just adding that in as sort of like a... I'm sliding that in as... Sure. Don't forget this one that involves a, con- uh, a celebrity. Well, and I think it's no mistake that, so, uh, like, we found a lot of these in, in category romance, right? I mean, well, it's a trope, if you want right? to mainline a trope, then category has it for you. Yes, exactly. So um, I also just want to say one thing that occurred to me as I was thinking about how so many of these – so I said before, there's – there's sort of a continuum of how Snowden works in romance. So it can be like the blizzard begins on page one. Yes. And boom, we're all snowed in together. It can be, like I said, with Andy's book, where the the story begins with the, you know, the characters figuring they're, you know, doing the thing and then they are together in a place and then boom, they are they are snowed in together. And then there's the opposite, which is in many of these books, or rather, in many of those books, um, especially novellas, the book ends, the story ends when they can leave. Yes. Right? Like, yeah. we don't spend a ton of time outside of that very insulated, like, phone booth style romance. Right. And I think what's interesting is that that's the other reason why this particular trope lends itself so heavily to novellas. Because you can't actually have people snowed in for 300 pages for weeks on end right (laughs) right what you can do though is start the book with snowing them in and then forcing them out of that snowed in piece into like a larger story right using the using the blizzard as a plot device or using the snow as a plot device so i just want to name check again we don't have to spend a ton of time on this book but we did it as a um, as a read-along in season two. I know we have many, many, many more listeners now, so I always right. think it's useful for us to, like, name-check some of those books in case you didn't go back and listen to season two. Um, but Kristen Callahan's Fall does yes. this. It begins with the heroine shopping for ice cream as— Because the blizzard the- is coming. Yeah, the blizzard is coming, and in the grocery store in the, like, Upper West Side neighborhood where she is house-sitting, cat-sitting for a rock star, um, she runs into another rock star. It's the Upper West Side. They're sick on the ground. Listen, I live in New York City. I see rock stars multiples every day. So... Of course. Um, So she runs into another rock star in the ice cream section of the grocery store. They have, like, a little kind of whatever back and forth about ice cream. She's like, oh, my God. She goes back to the the apartment where she was cat sitting during a blizzard, and lo and behold, her next-door neighbor is the, ice the rock cream star guy. from the grocery store. So it's a delight that is one of my very favorite Kristen Callahan books. That is saying a lot, considering I love Kristen Callahan books. 
It is so much fun. And if you do decide to go uh, read it, you should then immediately go back to season two and listen to the deep dive on it. Well, and the deep dive was on Managed, but we talked about the whole series. So if you're looking for it, I'll make sure to link for it. But it's, yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's it. Like, some of these are my, and that's, I think, a really good example of how Snowden, if it's going to be more than a novella, right? Like, that's a really good way to handle it. It has to be a plot device and not the rest, right? So... This is the other, I mentioned at the beginning when I talked about the Reindeer Games anthology, I said there was another anthology that I wanted to talk about, but it's done in a different way. And that is the Snowed In anthology, Snowed In, I-N-N. And it is an all-MM group of books by different authors that are all branded. I mean, this is like such a classic uh, Harlequin trick, right? Yeah. But it's not Harlequin. These are indie published romances by a group of MM authors, and each one wrote a different snowed in uh, anthology at a hotel in the Colorado mountains. They're all standalone. You don't have to read them in order, but they are all by different authors. And so I read The Real Kaimana, which, uh, Came out. This actually all just came out in November of this year. They came out like three days apart, all through November of this year. Oh, yeah. Well, of 2022, by Zenia Meltzer, and this one is for those of you out there just looking for like a soft, really charming story. The 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 uh, hotel is called the Rainbow Inn. It's a LGBTQ friendly hotel, like. And it is in Colorado, and so, you know, of course, there's a snowstorm. Um, the One of the heroes, Kieran, um, is, like, he's a travel writer, and he has to go up there, and he has to, like, write a piece about this unique new resort in the Colorado mountains. He is very grumpy, and um, <laughs> he happens to have a sort of meet-cue in the lobby uh, right as he's checking in for uh, with uh, a guy, a billionaire. There's always a billionaire. Of course. Always a billionaire. Who just, like, Kaimana, who is, uh, has sort of decided that he is, he's going to, well, first he's going to come out. He comes out to his parents. But he's also going to come out just in general from, like, this life that he thought he had to live in order to make everyone happy and to be yeah. the be good, be, like, good at the world, right? He didn't want to do biotech. He didn't want to really, like, I mean, uh, he didn't want to be a billionaire. He doesn't want that to be his identity. He doesn't, he's tired of the race. Yeah. And he decides that he's going to make this big life change. And we meet him at this sort of inflection point of he's made this big life change. Oh, there is fireworks going outside my window. Happy New Year. Big, giant fireworks. Amazing. Anyway, um, and so he decides he's going to go to this new, he's got all his money. What's he going to do? Oh, there's this new inn. I'm going to go to it. Right. And he goes there. And here's the thing, Jen. They meet sort of right away in the lobby. <laughs> and Kaimana's like, this guy's perfect. Like, this, yeah. is, this is... I love this it. This guy's kind and decent, and I like him. And, like, it feels a little weird to him because, like, he's he's never been sort of out and, like, public because yeah. he's had so many layers of judgment placed upon him by family and culture and the world and, you know, the media and but he has this like opportunity now to really try to f- be himself and there is this person who instantly is like i like you i yeah. like this person there is this is very low stakes then it snows and they're all they're sort of forced to hang out and like <laughs> fall in love and it's yeah. really nice it's a, that is nice it's a really nice book about two guys falling in love i love that and i, I haven't read any of the other books in this series so i can't you know, say one way or another, but, um, it's a great premise though. Snowden. It all, it all lives, they're all here. And what I sort of hope, what I think happens because of the way that these books are all written or this particular book was written is they're all happening at the same time. Oh, I love that. Yeah. What I think is happening. 
But. So, you know, you it's funny you said snowed in, and I feel like I just want to shout out, again, it's like kind of Christmassy, but Stocking Stuffers by Erin McClellan. Did you ever read that one? Yeah. She's Charming. the one where she has is. Has the socks on the cover. Yes. Well, a lot of these do. But she yeah. is a sex toy saleswoman at a romance book club. Yeah. At an inn. I love When it. her, like, a snowstorm rolls in and she and the innkeeper's the brother. Brother, right? Really put those toys to good use, Sarah. And, like, no history, just like. Yeah, just like, let's have a good time. Who want a bone. Yeah, like, they're like, Listen, what else are we going to do? I admire it. it. It's amazing. Uh, another one I'd mentioned is Sink or Swim by Annabeth Albert, which is where the Navy SEAL, he, like, inherits a cabin and goes up to Colorado and finds that it's occupied by this other guy and his family, and he gets snowed in with this, with this, with these folks, and he falls in love with the dad. Um, but there, Annabeth Albert has an entire series called Arctic Heat, and this was like a mm. offshoot, or I think, of that, um, where it's all in Alaska with a bunch of, like, men who, you know, a lot of them are, like, grizzled vets who can't, you know, be part of society anymore, but then they find each other after, like, dramatic things like plane crashes and stuff. So um, that was, like, another series. I think it's three books along with Sink or Swim, which is, like, a there are two books in, a, like, a kind of a parallel series that all have these guys from, you know, the military fall in love with each other. I love it. Okay. One more I want to talk about is called Tempting Heat by Sarah Whitney. And this is a Chicago story. I feel like I've read this book. Again, a novella. Finn, her real name's Fiona, and is uh, in her apartment, and she's just, like, struggled in from the grocery store. A storm is coming, and so she just, like, went out to get prepared. But when she gets back home, her roommate is gone, and there's this, like, really weird note from her roommate that's like, you know, hey, sexy, like, call me with her phone number. And, you know, Finn's like, why would I text her every day? Why is her phone number here? So, you know, the snow really, like, comes in. She talks to her roommate on the phone who's like, yeah, I'm traveling. I just got to O'Hare and on the last flight out. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> this man comes out of her roommate's bedroom. And his, it is Tom. And Tom, along with being gorgeous, is essentially Finn's, like, old friend from high school. But they had this big falling out. Mm-hmm. And you're not really sure why. So it's like, she's, like, furious. She's like, first of all, how were you in my roommate's bedroom? Like, it's just, like, this strange confluence of events, right? Mm-hmm. He's a graduate student at Northwestern, and he had walked the roommate home the night before and then just, like, crashed because of, the, you know, exhaustion in the weather. Right. You know, romance reasons, honestly. And he's like, you can't stand me, and I know it, so I'll get out of here. And so he, like, tries to walk out the front door, but it is a blizzard, and you're going to kill yourself. So she goes, Finn goes to get him, and is like, you need to stay here. It's fine. I will live. There's two bedrooms. We'll just both do our work and ignore each other. How long do you think that lasts, Sarah? Oh, zero minutes. (laughs) A few more than zero, but... (laughs) They fall in love. She admits that she loves him the whole time. They finally get the truth out about what happened in high school. But you know what it was more than anything else? Like, Mm -hmm. I think it's just really, like, it was a real pleasure to read in that it just, like, I, we say it, it, you know, someone did the job, like, all the time on the podcast. But, like, when you read something that's just really perfectly written it hits all of the beats, right? It knows exactly what it's there to do. And, you know, we've talked before about novellas sometimes working really well when people already have a history, right? And then it's just a matter of us figuring out what it is. I think that this just was, like, really perfectly constructed, mm-hmm. right? And then, of course, as soon as the snow is over, her roommate gets back into town and is furious, like, he was this cute boy I bought home. I brought home. How come you're with him? And it really ended up then like surprising me. Sorry, spoiler alert, I guess in advance, in retrospect, whatever. And I just was, it was great. I was, this is an author who I am definitely going to check out again. And in fact, this is the first book in a series because I think that the roommate is going to fall in love with Finn's brother. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it's also a setup for, like, a future book, which I also, as a romance reader, cannot get enough of, basically. I love it. Um, 
I want to talk about historicals. Yes, let's do it. Because I do feel like Snowden, this, we were taught about Snowden from historicals. Oh, yeah. Um, But the issue is now, like, I don't know, it's just, there are so few, so many fewer historicals now. And I hate it. And if you're out there writing historical right now, bless you. And please let me know how I can help. <laughs> Literally, send me an yeah. email. I would love to help you. Anyway, but I want to talk about Lorraine Heath's Deck the Halls with Love. Lorraine Heath. Which is, uh, listen, Lorraine Heath. I mean, we are avowed Lorraine Heath lovers here at the pod. Yes. We love her so much. But this novella is just, first of all, Lorraine knows how to make everything. She dials every emotion perfectly up to 11. Yeah. I mean, every, and so by the end of even a novella in her hands, you're just like, just wrecked in the most glorious way. So in her first season out, the heroine here was wildly in love with the Marquis of Chetwin, whose name is Alistair. Sure. And uh, she was like, "This he's the one. Like, I'm going to live happily ever after. I am 18 years old, and it is going to mm. go freaking great. Oh, no. What happens? Well, Alistair proposes to someone else. And she doesn't understand why, but he, like, flatly breaks her heart. And she is real upset. So she's like, you know what? I am going to marry someone else. Like, fuck this guy. I'm going to find someone else who I can be happy with and marry them instead. And just, this is it. This is the future for me. Except this is a novella that is attached to another, a whole series, The Lost Lords of Pembroke. And in the books, a whole thing is happening. And through uh, multiple romance reasons over the course of a book, of one of the books in the series, you should read the whole series. It's great because it's Lorraine Heath. Alistair ends up having to, like, his engagement gets quashed because his fiance ends up mm. with the hero of one of the other books. So um, he is now single and ready not to mingle. He is ready to go get Meredith and lock her down. Nope. And she is like, no. Oh, good for you, Meredith. And he, like, and then they end up kind of, he sort of, you know, they they end up kind of dancing around each other. And then, Jen, they get snowed in in an abandoned castle. Oh, yeah. Listen, you can get snowed in in a lot of places, like a hotel or a cabin or whatever. But it's hard to lose, it's hard to do better than an abandoned castle. And so they get snowed in an abandoned castle, and they bang it out inside this abandoned castle. And then, obviously, Meredith is pretty ruined at that point. But it doesn't matter because Alistair loves her, has loved her the whole time. And he's just a decent noble dude who had to do a decent noble thing. I love that. And now, here we are. I'm going to read this right now. And it's great. Lorraine Heath. It's great. Lorraine Heath. Always doing the job. And then I want to talk me- about Meek and Frampton. Oh. This is another Christmas book. I'm sorry, you guys. Historicals. I mean, I just can't. The, the historicals, this is what yeah, happens. right. I mean, the one I can think of is, we mentioned a million times, A Christmas Gone Perfectly Wrong, which is a great Snowden romance, but again. Yeah. Megan's book, The Earl's Christmas Pearl, which always sounds just slightly dirty to me. Uh, 100%. Yes. The, and the I heroine's, appreciate it. The heroine's name is Pearl. Pearl, this is a little Home Alone, a little a little Home Alone knockoff happening here. Um, she is accidentally left behind at the London townhouse without servants for Christmas. Sure. And she's like, this is freaking great. <laughs> I didn't want to spend Christmas with my family. I wanted to spend it here. And I just want to be alone. This is awesome. I'm going to read books and eat biscuits and ham or whatever's in the pantry. Except there's a problem. She's very rich and very privileged. And she has no idea how to run a kitchen in in a London townhouse in the Regency. I mean, it seems very complicated, to be honest. And also there's no food there because they've cleaned out the pantry because they've all gone away for the Christmas season. Um, Luckily, her next-door neighbor is also away from the Christmas 
from London for Christmas. But she has lent her house to Owen, a Welsh earl, who has an injured leg. He And he has to, like, get well. And he couldn't travel because of his leg. So she was like, Owen, honey, why don't you live in my London townhouse for all of Christmas? Sure. And he, too, is looking forward to being away from family for Christmas. <laughs> uh, and then... It all goes sideways when Pearl is like, I'm hungry, and maybe the neighbors have food. (laughs) And listen, I love this because Pearl is just like, where's their food? (laughs) And turns up in her neighbor's house. Megan is so funny. Her books are so bright and so, like, sparkly. And she is probably one of the only one of us who could take a, like, kind of, like, rich like yeah right you know just like a rich girl who is hungry and turn the whole thing into a really delightful snowden it's really sweet romance yeah so if you're just looking for something like they end up like having to share food and like find coal together or like wood like yeah like they have no idea it's amazing yeah the two of them have they are they are useless they are used separately, but together they work perfectly, and it is really charming. So, uh, yeah, if you're just looking for a fun, charming uh, Snowden romance set in the Regency that really is about, you know, resource finding and hunger. Resource finding. <laughs> Amazing. It's pretty charming. So Ugh. that's The Earl's Christmas Pearl by Megan Frampton. I feel like... I don't have any more. I do want to, again, mention, like, one of my favorite Snowden romances, and I know I've talked about it before, so I will keep it brief, is a book called Love and Stacks by Delilah Peters. It was part of that very short-lived Harlequin series that was like, Harlequin Bang. That's not what it was really called. Dare. Dare. Harlequin Listen, why are we in charge of making the line for Harlequin? Oh my I have God. no idea. Call us, Berkeley. We've got an idea. <laughs> Harlequin bang. Anyway. Berkeley bang! Exclamation point. Sure. I mean, giving the people the information they need to make good decisions. Um, Poppy and Ben are librarians, and they're stuck in the library together overnight because they're the last ones to, you know, they're supposed to keep it open and then close up shop, and they get snowed in in the library, and they do all of the fun things in the library you would do if you were stuck with someone you thought was real hot. And it's great. And it's a novella, and it's awesome. Like, again, just, like, real short, real sweet, real sexy, snowed in at the library. Loving the stacks. I love it. Yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, we hope that you got snowed in over the last couple of weeks, but, like, with someone super hot and no family. (laughs) Maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just my dream. (laughs) I was like, you're really kind of giving it away here, Sarah, but it's okay. We appreciate that you've been in a tough place. (laughs) Oh, please. Like, you wouldn't have loved being snowed in with someone super hot, no family. Oh, Over the last two weeks. 100%. I'm not even going to lie to you. (laughs) Um... Jen, what's our first read-along this year? Uh, Sarah, I don't know. Don't ask me questions. I don't know the answer to. I was doing the show notes for the New Year's Eve episode, and I was like, usually we announce our first read-along of the year on this these show notes, and we did not because we don't know. Because we don't know. But I think next week we have an interstitial. Yes. We have a really fun trailblazer in January. It's been a yes. while since we've had one. Yep. And later in the month, we are also going to have a pretty great time with Kate Claiborne because her new book, Georgie All Along, comes out. Oh, listen, if you guys are in D.C., Maryland, or Virginia, you should come to East City Books and hang out with Kate and me um, on January 27th at 7 o'clock. Um, You can also, if you do not live in D.C., Maryland, or Virginia, you can view it online. Um, We'll put a link Right now, either if you look down at your app, you can click through directly to East City and buy tickets, um, or you can, you know, uh, check show notes for the link. But Kate and I will be in conversation. It's going to be so fun. She is my favorite. Yeah, it's going to be great. I will be on Likewise with Kate, um, which is an app on your phone, I think, on the 18th. 
I'll, we'll put all this information in show notes, so, so that will be really fun. Oh, and the event at East City Books, everyone, is free. You don't, you just have to reserve a spot. Oh, that's nice. I know. That's really nice, Sarah. It's going to be like so it. fun. I'm going to go for a little bit of extra time and work on my book. <gasps> that sounds great. You'll have like a little mini writer's retreat. Maybe I'll get snowed in at the hotel there. Maybe you will. That would probably be best for everyone, considering <laughs> how behind I am on this book. Don't tell my editor, anyone. Um, she knows. She's not editor. stupid. She knows. Oh, Sarah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's not. But the point is that we're going to talk about Georgie all along on the 27th, and it's free, and you should come see us. Come hang out with us. I'll have Fade made stickers. Maybe I'll have some pins. Yeah. We're It'll not going to have a read-along until after that anyway, so there, that's why we don't have a title. It's not that we didn't plan. Oh, sure. It's definitely not that we didn't plan. All right, everyone, this is Faded Mates. Thanks for listening. Tell us your favorite Snowden romances. This week's episode was sponsored by Tibby Armstrong and Bianca Summerlin, and also Kate Golden. And may you be snowed in only in places where you have plenty of food and shelter and the electricity doesn't go out and you're with someone that you want to bang. That's what we wish for you in 2023. I think that's a really solid manifestation. I'm putting in the universe for all of you. (laughs) Bye. Faded. Forged. Forever. Three ex-lovers with one mission. To protect those they care for at all costs in an unforgiving world of violence and vice. The Asylum Fight Club isn't the easiest place to live or work, but it's a home and a haven for owners Lawson, Noah, and Curtis. With bonds forged in blood, they are fated to be together forever. Start the Asylum Fight Club series with Flawed Justice by Tibby Armstrong and Bianca Summerland. Get it for free on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iBooks, or Kobo. Or for more information, visit www.asylumfightclub.com today.